podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. was there for a second. <laughs> well, welcome to um, Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, and we are live, this is Club Live, we're live on YouTube tonight. Um, I am joined by, well, I thought we had a full, a full card there, I don't know Mr Carney, but um, maybe we'll appear back in a second, that kind of threw me there at the beginning, so first of all, we have Ryan, how are we today, Ryan? Very good, Santa. Here he comes. He just wanted an entrance. That's what he wanted. He wanted an entrance. Can it through me off at the beginning of the car? I was like, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean it. Yeah, you're right. I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm very, very glad it's the weekend. Looking forward to going to Ibrooks for a number of reasons tomorrow. And um, yes, looking forward to speaking about about Rangers for a change. I've not been on for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm Mr. Scott Carney. You can put me through me at the beginning of that live show there. So it'll probably sound a bit kind of. Of nonsense, the first minute there before ah. you come back on. Um, yeah, that my laptop just decided to do all of a sudden do that thing where it just doesn't want the camera to work, so I had to go right back out and come back in. Sorry, everybody, very professional as always. This podcast, yeah, Rangers almost back tomorrow. Um, look forward to it um, for a number of reasons. Let's be honest, lads, this is just a warm up for our day out tomorrow. Let's be honest, yes. And um, last but not least, um, Scotia, how are you? Bet you're looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, day of culture. Oh yes, indeed. Indeed, I'm very, I'm very good, very good. The football was back on today. World Cup back on after a wee couple of day high, three day hiatus. So it was good to have that back on. Well done, Borna, and his masterclass today from the bench. Um, yeah, and looking forward to the to the game tomorrow as well. Like you guys. Yeah, I bet Ryan was delighted Croatia get through, so he doesn't see Barisic <laughs> for a for a bit longer, maybe. Um, I'm actually it's thinking Christ- that. It's, it's Christmas. Uh, Ali, I'm willing to forgive at the moment, so uh, well done, Bomber. <laughs> I'll believe that when I see when he comes back. But Scotia, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you just before we come on here. Does that rule, I assume that rules Barisic out of Thursday um, against Hibson? I will do. Their games on Tuesday. Their games on Tuesday, yeah. so I, he'll, won't make it. So I imagine you maybe see Yefeko tomorrow and against Hibs as well, possibly. Yeah, because I think Ryan's Turkish delights. Still not there, I don't think, at the moment. So, yes, it'll be interesting to see who is playing at left-back tomorrow. But anyway, let's get into it. Um, a few talking points tonight. We'll come on to the, the game at the end. But obviously, we'll start with the the AGM that we all thought there was going to be fireworks and all sorts of that. be honest, I thought it pretty much was what we were going to get um, from all the board of directors, etc. Things to come out from it. I've noted a few things down here. We'll kind of just go through them first. The disabled seating at Ibrooks is going to be improved now, which is well, well overdue for the, all the disabled people that where they sit in Ibrooks and get absolutely soaked. I mean, Ryan will know from sitting down in the front of the, the govern when the weather's torrential, he get absolutely soaked. So it's it's not good for them. So they're looking at putting in 100, 162 disabled um, access seating, which is going to... It's going, to, it's going to cause a loss of just over 1,073 seats to people, but they're also looking for permission to increase the capacity of iBooks by, I think it's like the Broomlone 
rear and Copeland's rear, the kind of front bit, are going to do a kind of, if you can imagine, a kind of bar 72 type idea onto that, which will add a further 1,800 seats, 900 seats of the ground. So that will boost the stadium if they get the go-ahead by 727 extra seats. Uh, Ryan, obviously, because you sit down the govern front and amongst all the elements of the rain and stuff, it's... Um, it's about time the, the disabled supporters um, got this, and it's a long time coming. Aye, it's well overdue, um, years overdue and behind the times in, in terms of disabled facilities, and, and we always have a joke about it, about the AGMs and it being a question, but it's really it's really not a, a laughing matter because, like I said, the disabled facilities have been so date, out, out of date, and I think they've always been like that since I've went to Ibrox in, I don't know, mid-90s I've been going since. The wheelchair um, bit down in front of the enclosure has always been there. So, yes, I think it's a. I'll give praise to the to the board for for getting this in motion. I know it's only a proposal until investment secured, but I would be confident that that's going to go ahead. I think it's something that um, they've obviously worked on. They've identified an area that they can they can work on and, and bring the facilities into, and also to mitigate the loss of the the, the seats in the Brum and the Colton. They're obviously looking to to do similar to what they've done in the governor and extend it by a few rows at the front, so at the front of the rear. So I think it's a really positive thing. It's one positive thing that came out of AGM. And I totally back it. The only downside is obviously there will be certain fans who have to <clears throat> have to move seats. And I'm, I'm sure in terms of the Copeland there'll be fans who have probably sat there for years. Um, so that's probably the only downside. But I think overall uh, a very a very positive move by the board. Yes, Scotia, I made a point now that people will unfortunately have to be moved for this, but I would probably think most of these guys moving seats will um, will be up for it because they know this is for the greater need of, obviously, disabled people that need better better uh, facilities at Ibrox. So what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I think it's a cracker idea. The wee presentation, slide presentation they've done looked, That's looked quite cool, informative. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it, like Ryan said, there it's it's needed to be done for for years and years because at the AGM every every AGM for decades almost it's been the disabled facilities has been one of the the, the main talking points and my in my part I'm sometimes overlook it because you know I'm going up the club deck and when usually when the um, Copeland end at the club deck and the disabled access isn't in that section so you don't really see it notice it more when I go around to sort of the Brimlin end when I meet, meet Carney and his dad occasionally. That you see, you see the disabled fans going in, and it's then that it clicks to me, or when the weather's really bad. So the improvement, yeah, it's great. Um, and then the seat gains, the wee elevated platforms that they'll get, so that you know they got a decent view. The, the wee graphic they showed, the view of the pitch, that looked like a, a fairly decent view. So I think that's really good in that respect. In terms of the, I think there's 262 seats lost in both the Copeland and in the Brimlin, but they'll just be getting shifted up, you know, to the front of the Copeland, rearing Brimlin rear, I would imagine. If I sat up the back of the, the govern the rear, because I think there's 549 seats getting lost up there, if my season ticket was there and I had to get moved to behind the goals at the Copeland or Brumlin, I might be a wee bit annoyed about it, but I think most people will be in agreement, obviously I can't speak for them, but will be in agreement that the disabled facilities need this and it's better than what they're being provided with at the moment because that you're sitting down at the bottom and pitch level, you can't sometimes you can't see the other side of the park sometimes because of the camber, so good for them. Yeah, that's a good point, Scotia made up. They brought up their car in terms of the, the view for 
disabled supporters is <clears throat> is pretty poor. I mean, we've done the stadium tour and that, and you've been pitch side, and it's it's hard to see because of the way that the, the pitch has got that slight curve on it. Yeah, even the time I think the the you know, nearest to the front that I've ever sat was. Or recently, anyway, was the we went to a B team game. I think at Ibrox when we were quite low down. Remember, we ended up in the shade, and Scotia braved it out in the sunshine. Oh, yeah. um, uh, we ended up moving to the shade, but yeah, even there, you're you're quite low down, and it's not the most ideal seats. And I think moving to behind the goal at that level, um, it's a really good view. I used to, my first season ticket was round about there in the Copeland um, end, and my first ever season ticket, and the view was brilliant. Do you know what I mean? The view was really good. So. Um, it's well overdue. This, I mean, it really is. It's, it's took far too long for this for us to come to this decision to do it. I I do understand that there's a lot has to go into it, and it takes a massive investment. But uh, I like the idea. I like the idea of even extending the broom loan and the uh, the broom loan and the the um, Copeland rears. Again, it provides even more shelter for. Um, the, the disabled that go to to go to the games because there's obviously going to be a roof coming out over the top of them, so it's it's even more shelter for them. And it's long overdue, long overdue. And to go from where you were sitting um, down trackside to go to sitting there, it'll be like night and day. It really will be like night and day. So no, I'm I'm all behind the proposed look, and it's easy for me to sit here and say it because it doesn't affect where I sit. It doesn't affect my seat. I'm not getting moved. A few people probably will be a wee bit disgruntled by this. Um, I would imagine, and I even think some people that sit at the front of the Broomlone rear and the Copeland rear, they're not going to be the front anymore. If that makes sense, they won't be right at the right at the front anymore. So I think that might disgruntle people. But I think most people, as I say, as we've said, will be in complete agreement that this is long overdue and the plans look fantastic. So hopefully um, it doesn't take them as long as it's took to build this house that's beside Ibrooks and they actually get it done in a reasonable time. Yeah, I think we'll leave Edmonds' house for another podcast. That's yeah. um, looking like another year away. So, Scotia, you... Cutting that red, the red ribbon is going to be a while away with your Edmonton House package. So. Put, your, put your scissors away, mate. You don't need them. Yeah, no, put them away for a year, Scotia. You can bring them back out. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a positive from the AGM. Going on to the kind of the figures, we've kind of talked about the figures in terms of the, the, the turnover. There's been a fair jump, mainly down to European um, participation, player sales as well. I know it's 2020, we were sitting turnover of 59 million. 2022 is obviously the most we've, we've turned over at eight, 86.8 million. Player investment, which I looked at in the chart, they, they had a lot of charts, so it's quite good um, to look at that and break it down, etc. But the, the player chart, we've invested over the last five years, £60 million pounds on players. The most we spent was season 2021, which was £18.1 million. Ryan, that's sixty million pounds that we've spent in five years. <laughs> Have we spent it well? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all doom and gloom. There has been, of course, there's been mistakes made. There, all, there always is going to be mistakes made. When you look at what what Ross Wilson's argument will be is is look at the the money I've generated. I know Aribo and Bassey and Parson don't technically in, I don't think Parson does the, their figures don't technically come into next year's figures but I think when you look at overall from a business point of view he's probably done a good job, yeah he's probably met his targets in terms of bringing 
bringing them the sales of players, the figures in from through sales of players and, and Bisgrove as well. Obviously, he's I would imagine he's more than met his targets. But yeah, yeah, that sounds crazy money when you think of sixty million pounds. That sounds for me crazy money in Scotland. And yeah, I would like to have seen a a better return than we've got a better product on the park because. It was only a few weeks ago or a few months ago we were talking about having to rip it up and start again and we would need investment and pump millions into this team to get us where we need to be. So my answer to your question around about way is no, I don't think in terms of the product on the park that we have spent the money well overall. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll come on to the, the final bit when I go through a few other points of the some of the questions that were asked at the AGM, which were... Um, there was a couple of ones in there which I thought were a bit, hmm, is that, is that, is that your, we've only got so many questions to ask. Is, is that one of the questions? <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, Carney, obviously, we're, we're talking about the, the, the 60 million spent over five, which, which I mean, it's a, it's a good chunk of money we've spent in the in that five-year period. I noticed the wages from, just taking from 17, 18, our, wage, our wages were 15.1 million. We're now sitting at thirty-seven point eight million, which is quite high for um, for us to be honest. With I expect will be shaved um, for next year. But what was your kind of thoughts on the the player investment and just throwing in the kind of wage budget there as well? Yeah, the wage budget's very high, mate. I think we've been saying it for a while. Um, there is a lot of players. And I think it's probably due to length of service as well. Some of the players, let's not lie. I think Golden's going to get a decent wage out of it. Um, Tav's going to have got a decent wage. McGregor would have probably got a decent final wage out of it. All these players we've kind of kept on will we'll still ask for more. It may not be much more, but they still will ask for more. Um, so, yeah, it is too high now. Um, we are at the point that it is too high, but there is going to be a number of people leaving, as you say, mate. Uh, but, yeah, we can't really be running um, at that. And I think there was a, a point during it, and again, I don't, I don't want to do an alley here, alley, and go off on, go off on a tangent. But obviously, the, he was asked about, they were asked about the renewals of um, Kent and Morelos, and I think that's probably a sticking point right now with them. Is like we can't really go much higher than where we are. There's got to be a ceiling of where we can, where we can invest into players' wages because if not, you're you're letting things spiral out of control again and constantly chasing your tail and. To be a self-sustaining club, you cannot be like that. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a wee bit of work to be done there. But, yeah, I didn't realise it was as high as it was when I seen that. I was like, pretty high. In terms of the investment into the squad, I mean, again, going off on a tangent, Ross Wilson's made it very clear to everybody that he doesn't sign players. He just does the admin work, basically. So, uh, it's all down to the manager's choices. Uh it's too it's too much for the as little return as we've had. And I get that we won fifty five and I get that we got to the European final. I do understand that. But still when we're at this stage now and there's a number of players, um I suppose we'll need to wait and see how it is under Bill, but there was a number of players that looked like they didn't want to be here. Uh, and you can't really be having that at Rangers. I think it's going to be interesting to see who Bill decides is here for the long haul and who he will who will be surplus to requirements, really. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing his decision-making on that. But the investments, in my opinion, is too high for the little return. Not little return, but the you would expect 
what, maybe five absolute successes for that amount of, out of all the invest you make, you would expect maybe five players to be like, their stick-ons has worked, etc. or they've, they've, they've returned their value to us and I'm not sure we're at that stage just yet. But, I mean, I still believe, and in terms of the finances, we're going in the right direction. Um, I do. Do you not think it was quite interesting that they made a very big point of explaining Champions League money, though? I'm coming to that. I'm coming. Okay. Don't yeah. worry. Carry on, mate. <laughs> hold, hold, hold. hold. <laughs> yeah, Scotia. Um, like I was saying to, to the guys, 60 million spent over five years. It's a fair chunk of money. Let's be honest about it in terms of where we are and where we've been. Um, I know we've probably we've talked about maybe doing a pod, breaking down all the signings during those years to like, see if they've been a success or whatever. So, what was your thoughts on that and the, the kind of where the wages are sitting at the moment? For me, right, the 60 million over that five year period, and this is where the AGM happening the time it does, it gets melded into the current season and what's happening in the current season, but they're not really talking about anything to do with this season. Whereas all our focus will go on like the Trump summer transfer signings, and a lot of them haven't been great this year. But looking at that 60 million up until the end of last season, considering where we were. We probably should have won two, probably three, possibly three titles from the only one one in that period. Because I think you can write off the first two in terms of trying to get back to where we should be in like twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Um, but we got to the European final as well. So sixty million does seem an awful lot, but and maybe not doing great in, in terms of domestic in the sort of the last couple of seasons, apart from the the fifty five win. But um, it seems okay to me, really. Um, what was a bit concerning. Was only that it was only thirteen and a half million in revenue from player sales. I think they'd mentioned, and obviously that's where the player trading model that they spoke about needs to come in. And we're still at the still at the very early baby steps of that trading model. Like Ryan said, there the the fees for Rebo and Bassi, you know, they're not. You can forget about them when we're talking about this AGM. Um, so I thought the overall the financial stuff overall was really good. It was positive, I think, but. And awful, like they mentioned, the 87 million revenue was up 82% on last season. But obviously, you've got to factor in the fact that a lot of that's down to getting to the, the final of the Europa League. You know, that's not going to be what we'll get normally in a season. So I thought that the financial figures were, were decent and it was it was positive because, that, like, the, like they mentioned, it's been progress year on year in the last five years, which is good to see. But like Carney mentioned there, there is concern with the, the player wages rising and rising. And obviously... I've not looked into it in too much detail, but you've got all this FIFA financial fair play regulations that you need to meet. And we get Kenny, we get a wee warning thing, didn't we, earlier in the season that we were on that Kenny watch list almost. And that's the problem. And it sort of ties into your player trading model. You can't keep on extending players' contracts because they want more and more and your wage bill will go higher and higher where we should be shifting players on sort of at their peak value. Yeah, it's probably... The reason why Ryan Kenton or Fred Morales have any resigned because they want too much money. So it's a good point, Scotia. That is probably the reason I think they can actually said something along those lines that some players want too much money. And unfortunately, we can't we we can't break that. If you if you, as soon as you start breaking that, we'll go back down a dangerous road. Um, I always remember Leeds away back when they were chasing that Champions League Leeds and just flung money at players, and you see what happened there. So no, I don't think we'll be going down that road. But the one Carney brought up. Which was the interesting one, which was this Champions League. Now the Champions League figures aren't in that 
the the list annual no. accounts, but they wanted to bring this one up because this um, this figure that has been banded about by by fans and press and everything of 30, 40 million war chests that Rangers get since they get a Champions League. I think they wanted to put, put that to bed, basically, and just show you exactly what Rangers get. And it'll probably it'll probably wake a few Rangers fans up and go, oh, Christ, right, well, that's where we're at with it, basically. So it was quite interesting. And I, we've, we've brought it up before in terms of the, the 10-year coefficient is a, is a huge thing because we've not been in, in Europe and we've not built that up. So... Before even kicking a ball in our in our group, before kicking a ball, nothing happens. We got seventeen point nine million pounds. Ajax, who you would have thought, or between Ajax and Napoli, you would have thought were the kind of second third place teams within that group. Um, Ajax got thirty three point one million. Napoli thirty six point six million, and Liverpool fifty point six million. Before even kicking a ball, Carney, were you shocked for that, or what was your thoughts on it? I thought it was quite good that they put it in there because I think they were they were trying to basically tell Rangers fans, "Look, this is the reality of it, and this is where we are." I wasn't shocked by it. No, um, I, I wasn't because I, I I understand the way that it, it all works. I, Rangers getting back to the Champions League for me wasn't really the. Of course, it's the money you want the money and all that, but it was more. It was more the stature of the club. I was being back. I was being back to being um, one of the biggest names in world football, and that was what it was more about to me. I think it's look. There's so much of just made up stuff in, in terms when it comes to finances that some Rangers fans for whatever reason will believe and get dragged down with it and believe that it's gospel and this is what it's going to be where's this 30 million 40 million gone that we're getting for the Champions League and it was never going to be the case um, and considering we didn't win a game then I mean you're not exactly hoping to get maximum maximum value out of it when we've not hardly won anything I, I, the more the, the most interesting thing I found about it was the, the board were already setting expectations for what next year's finances will look like so when they come out it's not immediately where's the Champions League money they've already explained to you exactly what's happened which I give them credit for I do I do give them credit for I think they were quite right to do so because there is just too much paper talk made up stuff fake news as Mr Trump would call it that it's just not the case it's not the case in terms of the money we have extremely poor um, broadcasting rights in this country Um, it's not helped by who we're run by again another podcast on its own but that's why you think you see Rangers trying to push back on the, the deal that we signed with Sky, all this kind of stuff, because it all it all becomes relevant when you're you're in the Champions League and where the money the how the money's distributed. And yeah, um it was what it was, to be honest. I thought it was a wee bit more than we would probably have got. I was like, Well, that's, that's actually quite good. <laughs> I was like, that's that's actually more than I expected. So I wasn't shocked. I was shocked maybe that they included it, but I, I do give them credit for doing so. Yeah, Scotia, I mean Seventeen point nine million. It's, it's not a bad figure, to be honest. When you look at it against other teams, it, it's a lot lower. But I mean, the the board budget. What they said, they budget fifty million a season on Europe. So straight ahead, they're ahead of budget on us just getting the Champions League. The only downside of the Champions League this year was our performances in the Champions League. 
because if we'd won drawn games, we would have got bonus money basically, and we didn't. So that's the reason why we didn't get extra money. I know you've got the gate receipts, etc. But yeah, seventeen point nine million was what we got, Scotia, and our performances didn't help us in terms of more money for us, basically. No, um, they didn't. I think you, that graph that you put up was interesting. You look at it, the, the problem we've got as well, we'll go on to the coefficients in a minute, but the problem we've got is, although we are in a Scottish league and we've got the Scottish kind of league share that we'll obviously share with Celtic, in terms of broadcasting rights, it's all obviously through BT at the minute and all the English teams are included in that as well and they get a big, massive chunk, obviously, because... They've got a bigger share of the TV audience, etc. Would it be different if we were had like our own separate package rather than included in the like a whole UK one? If it was put into like a league package, I don't know if you could work a better format there or get more money from something like that. I don't know if it's something that Scott, the Scottish League would ever look at or not. Probably not because BT would probably BT or Sky would run that. <laughs> so you've got that to look at, and then obviously the coefficient stuff, like you mentioned there. We've you look at the. 10-year rolling coefficient, and we are sitting 66th, I think. Um, and obviously, five of these years are blank. One of those years, you've got 0.25 points because of progress Niedercorn. And in this season, I think we're in one. Um, obviously, the last the period in between progress Niedercorn and this season are really good. I should have looked this up before we came on. How much did Celtic get? Does anyone know? Maybe someone knows in the comments, but how much did they get off the bat in the COD? I'd be surprised if anybody knows that. However, if this podcast was one of their podcasts, they will have all of our figures <laughs> to hand. <laughs> to the still, written, still written on their hand in crayon. Yeah, yeah, but I, I know they definitely get more than us because they, obviously they're sitting 44th in the 10-year coefficient at the minute. And obviously because they've got... I, I do remember, Scotia, we did a pod and I, we brought up that 10-year coefficient because they got more money than us. They, they got something yeah. like... I think they got something like eight million more than us, or something round about that figure. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we've still got like five, probably six, counting the progress Niedercorn. So six more seasons until we can really start reaping the, the full benefits of that that coefficient ranking, which we we don't have at the moment. So I think you know seventeen point nine million still, eighteen million quid still a really decent decent return. Would I traded it for um, more games after the the winter break and any knockout competition in Europa League? Quite possibly, given the way the Champions League went this season, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah, right. Maybe that's why they bumped the package right up to the, the maximum, <laughs> because you were going to get humped during this Champions League group stage, <laughs> not, getting more, awesome. not getting more bonus money. <laughs> don't, don't like that. It's funny you mention that. I've forgotten about Robertson's answer to the to the package in terms of ticket prices. I don't know if, um, if he saw that. He was asked about why the prices were so high and basically his answer in a nutshell was well the demand was there and we sold yeah. out so yeah. which I thought was really cheeky and really it's basically Stuart Robertson a Stuart Robertson accent, uh, answer I thought it was insulting in, ter- in terms of where a, a lot of fans are but in a, a cost of living crisis at the moment some fans are I certainly I don't mind sharing on this pod I struggled to to pay my package at the time, things weren't great and it was very difficult to pay it. So I thought that was really cheeky of him and reflective of the board and how uh, in touch they are with the fan base at the moment. So I I wasn't impressed with that answer uh, in terms of the of the money that we got for the Champions League. I mean the perform it's hard to it's hard to detach the, the performances on the park 
from what you're getting in terms of revenue from the Champions League. But I think it's just a case of you're happy to be at the table, really, and, and take that money and run. Uh, unfortunately, I'm left with a sour taste because of the performances, though. Yeah, no, I know. It's um, just was the reality of where we are at the moment, basically, and it just and, and it just it kind of shows how how much European football is is massive for us going forward because you don't earn anything in in a Scottish league and cups and stuff. So, so we need to do well in Europe. Um, but I just lastly on the AGM is the the question and answer. I was maybe going to ask you what was your favourite question out of all. But there was some mad one. I mean, Carney, there was some mad ones and there was a guy asking about how he couldn't, what was he saying? Something to do with Edison Car Park. There was another guy who wanted to sit with his granddaughter. And I get some of these folk, maybe that is their genuine question. They want an answer to it. But there's more more pressing questions that we want. And you could write a list down now of what we want answers to and the questions that were given. They weren't great, to be honest. I, I think the board got off lightly. Um, before yes. we come to the, the kind of laughing, <laughs> yeah. But before before we get to some of the more kind of out there questions, I think the board got off so lightly. Um, not one mention of the Sydney Cup, which really disappointed me. Like, who authorised this? Who thought this was a good idea? What were you thinking? Genuinely, I thought Douglas Park's answers were poor. I mean really poor. Uh, the guy just doesn't fill me with any sort of leadership or anything. He seems like he's just a guy that sits there and everybody else just kind of talks and he just sits and kind of nods his head. I don't I don't really like the way he comes across, um, if I'm being honest. But again, the guy's into the club for some amount of millions and you've got to, you've got to thank him for that. I'll always be grateful for that. But I, I wasn't the... I mean, I did like his answer in terms of the Ryan Kent and but Ellis one, sometimes you make an offer and negotiations, you you can't go any further. I get that. That, that, that was like, that's fair enough that you've come out and said that. Um, the rest of them, <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, I just thought it was so many wasted opportunities. I did like the one guy that brought up asking, why did you release a seven a frame of a 7-1 defeat at Ibrox against Liverpool? Again, what were you thinking? Like, where were you, where were you coming from? And they didn't even answer it, to be honest. They kind of got away lightly on that one. But look, I see the people that ask the questions about the Albion season, the Albion car park, the um, not getting season tickets, the major stuff and that. That's all relevant to them and their shareholders. You've got to be a shareholder to go to that, haven't you? Am I correct yeah. in saying that? Yeah. Right, so they've paid their money. So I get that. That's what's important to them. I completely understand that. That's fine. The, the nutter that stood up and started shouting about human rights and whatever, I'm sorry. I don't know what you were hoping to achieve with that, but that was ridiculous. And I, I did actually quite like that Stuart Robertson just went, no, I am not I am not even going to humour that. I'm going to move on. I'll give him kudos for that because I don't know what that guy was thinking. That was madness, absolute madness. But and, yeah, it was. The AGM's never going to be long enough. That's the thing. Um, you heard reports from the people that were there. Um, Stevie Clifford, Joshua Barry, David Edgar, um, even Colin that's in heart and hand, they all said there was still people standing wanting to ask questions. There was people still, there was questions still to be answered and it, 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 it's never going to be long enough. It could have went for about six hours and there'd probably still be people asking questions. But I think the 
Yeah, the most the most prominent one with me that kind of stuck to me, and it's something that's ran on far too long now. And it's um, again, it's something I'm not even involved in, but I'm sick of hearing about it. See this club, eighteen seventy two thing with Dave King, the board, whatever, going to sort it out, going to just figure out how to do it. And I stop, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Just figure out what you're going to do and move on from it because it's 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 petty stuff, man. It really, really is petty stuff. Uh, I just felt like it was a. A kind of unnecessary distraction. Um, uh, yeah, it might have been important for Club 1872 members, but bring it up with the board directly. You, usually you're a shareholder in, within the club. You could request a, a, a chat with Douglas Park, whoever you whoever you want to. Um, don't do it at an EGM. That's my personal opinion, no, because I'm not involved in it and I don't want involved in it. But, the, um, yeah, I, I do believe the board were... They were let off lately. Um, I I think it flattered to deceive what I was um, hoping for, but it's probably ended up what it expected. In terms of Ross Wilson, um, I think you could see he had the bit between his teeth and he was ready. He was like sitting like tensed and ready for every question that was going to come his way. But I thought he handled himself quite well and he certainly cleared a few things up. How much you want to believe of it, I suppose, is open to interpretation. But um, yeah. All in all, the board got off with one. Yeah, Scotch, I don't know what your favourite question is. There was one question which I listened to and I actually thought of you, Scotch, because you've banged the drum about this one a while on the podcast. And it was a guy that said, basically, why did we sign um, Suter when I mean, you was injury prone? And he went down the route of what you've been saying for a long time in this podcast in terms of his homegrown. He ticks a box for us in terms of moving forward with the, to do with homegrown players that we need. What did you think of that one? Because I, I did think of you, Scotia, when that one was read out, because you've been banging the drum about it for ages. Yeah, no, when, it's, when Wilson responds to that question about Suter, I think we all knew that Suter was going to be a wee bit of a gamble. in term, But it was a free gamble in terms of no, no transfer fee, obviously wages. But it was a bit of a free gamble. And I agreed with him in terms of the, the Scottish, Scottish player registering for Europe thing. There was other points of it that I didn't... It was been a wee bit wishy-washy. So with, but that one's true because I think we've got what McGregor, McCrory, McLaughlin, Suter, King, Jack, Arfield and Wright as sort of first-team players that are Scottish and a few of them are sort of homegrown in terms of Rangers as well. You lose them, then, you know, you're having to... And you bring in someone that isn't Scottish or hasn't been... I'm not counting the players like Lowry and Devine and other younger players that fall into the... They can go on the B list at the minute. Um, but we do need to have Scottish players that can contribute to that team because otherwise, if you if you replace those players with someone that isn't Scottish, then someone's getting left out your European squad because you can't meet the requirements and you're having to fill it with the youth team players in that respect. So I understand that. But yeah, Suter in itself is a bit of an enigma. I think I was having a wee look at him. He's missed 166 games due to injury throughout his career. Um, he's played 236 games and missed 166, be that way ankle injuries, knee injuries, hip injury and Achilles tendon injuries so he's, he's not not well had to look for um, to run into problems with injuries sooner but no, I, I agreed with what Wilson was saying in terms of you know meeting that Scottish player requirement because it is something that occasionally gets overlooked but it was a bit of a risk I think with Suter, um, but I wasn't naive enough to think it wasn't going to be a risk trying to get him in anyway. It's just unfortunate what Rangers do. But the questions themselves, listen, I'm not a shareholder. I've mentioned that in the last pod. So, you know, these people have got the right to go up there. And even if, if I was a shareholder, would I be someone that would go up and ask the question anyway? You need to go up and 
put yourself forward to ask the questions, so they've got every right to. Um, so the majority of questions were all right. I get people moaning about not being able to sit beside each other, although it wasn't clear to the guy that was on whether or not it, his granddaughter had got a ticket and was sitting somewhere else, or if she just hadn't got a ticket at all. I wasn't too clear in that. But the, like Carney, the one in the one in COVID was it's like one of the some of the ones you see. In, if you sit and watch Question Time and you see some of these people that it's, I think if see if it, I mean. I'm fine with the COVID stuff. I was fine with the COVID stuff and things like that. I've got no issues with having to have that vaccine pass in my, my, my respect. But if you see if you'd asked that question a wee little, little less controversially or confrontationally, he might have got a, a response. It was the way it was the way the question got asked. I think it just that's why Robertson moved on, which if it was asked in a, a better manner, I think he maybe would have got a better response. But what can Rangers do? It's not Rangers that put these rules in place, it's the government so that put these rules <laughs> in place. So yeah, they can't do anything. So, um, I yeah, I don't know. And I think Wilson, you know, he came out for a wee bit of stick, Wilson. Then there was a, that boy that had asked the question about Suter. He'd also mentioned some of the other transfer policies. And I know it's something that you want to look at in terms of Wilson's success rate in terms of signings. So he took a wee bit of stick. Maybe not as much as I thought he would, um, Wilson. But um, the other questions were fairly innocuous, really, and generally answered okay, I thought. Yeah, Ryan, uh, your favourite question was probably the guy that had a go at Wilson in terms of his signings and he had all his transfer fees lined up and everything, which he obviously got from, well, they're undisclosed, so he had to he had to only go with what he's got in, in front of him in terms of its rumoured figures and he had a wee go at Wilson. I, I, might, I, I thought that was maybe your favourite one now. It probably was because I think I probably agree with Carney. They, they did get a bit of an easy ride. Um, <clears throat> I think it's very favourable for them to bring out the shiny new toy, which is a new manager, and ease the atmosphere a wee bit and, and take the tension away. So I think they got a bit of an easy ride, whereas that guy was quite direct with Wilson. And he did, I think he's, I won't quote the guy, but I think he said something along the lines of, is Ross Wilson fit for purpose? As he, as he, should he still have his job kind of thing? Ross Wilson was ready for it. He knew. I think he knew a question like that would come. <clears throat> but it, his his job is like like I said, he'll look at it and say, "I've brought players in who haven't worked, but I've also brought players in who have worked. I've sold them on. The club's made money. The big picture is this is a business. The management are there to win his titles. I think it's not shouldering the blame, but I think accountability is there, and I think he will look at." his targets that he probably has met and he'll look at right now we're halfway through the season he'll probably cross his fingers that Rabbi Matondo is going to be an absolute stick out in the second half of the season but whether or not that's going to be the case I don't know but um, yeah he's he does he deserves to be under a bit of pressure on it at the AGM with some of the questions that got asked I think you're going to get that every AGM and every every business you're always going to get people who things like that things that maybe aren't important to you and I that's probably important to them, the likes of the ticket thing. Is there another avenue? Is there an avenue with a club that you can maybe contact them and, and inquire about that, inquire through my jails? I think there probably is. I don't know if an AGM is where you're going to get that answer. But listen, who are we to, to sit there? I'm not a shareholder. I don't think any of us are. Who are we to, to kind of question these, these guys and their timing of their questions when they are the guys who are putting their hard-earned money into the club? So it's very difficult, but... Um, the answer to your original question is my favourite question was 
the Castor question and uh, why is there no stocking fillers? Brilliant. Love that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I did see that one as well. So. Can I just say quickly before you move on, Ali, I've seen a lot of people in the comments kind of disagreeing with what we say and how we're approaching things with the AGM. This is our opinion. Like, I, I say it all the time. See, if you don't agree with it, that's fine. It's what we are. It's Rangers fans. We're never always going to agree. But don't take it as if what we're saying is gospel. It's just our take on the way that things have went. So we're all going to have different opinions and we could go down a rabbit hole and talk about COVID and talk about vaccine passports, etc., etc. But that's not really what this is, what it's all about. So... Just putting out there. If you disagree, disagree. I'm I'm more than happy for people to disagree. That's what it's all about. It's all about opinions. That's that's what it is. <laughs> so I uh, moving on from the AGM because we can put that away for a year. Hopefully that's it done. So we'll wait till next year and see what happens. But I uh, getting closer to this game. Um, obviously the the transfer rumours are going to start to to ramp up now. Obviously with the the transfer window opening soon. The the one which we've had. In fact, before I come on to Kamara, we'll start with the one that's doing the rounds at the moment. Scotia's pal, Craig Porteous, <laughs> a.k.a. Ryan Porteous. Um, yeah, if, if a lot of listeners in there don't know what I'm going on about, Scotia done a blooper one day, and when he oh, was going on about Ryan Porteous, but he called him Craig Porteous. So infamous. It's stuck. It's infamous. Yeah, so it's infamous, so I stuck. But So we'll stick with you, Scotia, so... <laughs> I'll go around. I'll go around. all. He's been linked in paper talk. The Sun came out today and says no Rangers aren't interested. So it's been Rangers have been, they haven't been. So I'm going to just go around you all basically and ask you a quick, a quick answer. You can, you can say one more than one word, but just a quick answer. <laughs> Would you take Ryan Portis or Craig Portis, Scotia? I said to you, what, two seasons ago, three seasons ago, that I think there's a player in there, but he needs to cut out his nonsense. I don't think he has cut out his nonsense as much as I would like. So I'd probably, I wouldn't be adverse, but he's running out of time to sort himself out in terms of this bad boy image that he's got. Right. Ryan, I know you're a fan of Craig Portis. I have you turned on this twice, boys. Have you turned on it twice? I would have said a few months ago, no chance. I would have, I would have, at the beginning of the season, nah, don't like him, he's an idiot, he's not a good player. I think I was texting Scotia, and apparently the good game for Scotland, there is potential there with that lad, whether you like him or not, he has got potential. Do I see it against Rangers? Never. Very, very rarely do I see it. I think he hates Rangers, I'm pretty sure of that. I don't think he's a fan of us. There's a video going about where... If he did sign for us, I would struggle to get that video out of my head. However, he is Scottish talent. He's a decent centre-half. He has potential. And he is an absolute James Blunt. And I don't think we have enough players like that in our team. I think we need players like that who are going to be nasty. They're going to do the dark arts. They're going to do the the side of the game that we do like to see, but to touch on what Scotia said, he hasn't cut out his stupid mistake. I don't think he's I don't think he's a, a bad guy. I think he's just really, really stupid. Ryan Port and I like called him Craig Porteous. <laughs> uh, I think he's really stupid. I think he's really, really stupid, Ryan Porteous. If he can sort that out and come to us then I would take him. Okay. Carney. 
Not a, not in a million years do I want that man anywhere near Rangers Football Club. And I'm going to leave it at that because I could go on. That guy's got no class, man. No dignity, nothing. He's, he goes out to try and end players' careers, to try and actually hurt people. It's not what the game's about anymore, in my opinion. I, I don't think he likes Rangers. I don't particularly like him. And I don't think he'll ever be good enough for us. So my answer is a definite no. Carney wasn't sitting on the fence there, was he? Straight for it. Um, I hate I hate the boy. Honestly, I can't stand him. I cannot stand him. What is it? No, what I, is it? Um can I ask, right? That's interesting because I think I was like that at the beginning of the season. And I think what's changed me is I think Rangers are too nice. The actual our team are too nice. So what is it about what is it just to genuinely ask you, what is it that you don't want at is it the because you he is anti-Rangers, let's be honest, he doesn't like Rangers. Is it that, or is it because he's a dirty player? Or both? No, I I, I agree that there's not, enough, there's not enough Barry Hunts in our team, mate. I 100% agree with that. I do. I just think he's the wrong type to go for. I don't think that it's not him that we need. Um, in the yeah. nicest way, and I know that his name's been banned about quite a lot, the kind of player like that I would want is Kevin Thompson someday with a real bad dig in him like won't mess about and he'll get it right more times than he'll get it wrong I don't think Portis has got the class to anywhere, anywhere near us and to be honest I think this story is a wee bit clickbait but it's interesting to talk about because a lot of people have got different opinions on him but and no just for me I don't think he's good enough and I think he's the wrong type of Barry Hunt we're doing so well with our kind words and yeah I know we're doing I know. so well we've, we've, we've come on so well all of us <laughs> yeah. See in terms of see in terms of Portis's disciplinary record, he's had four red cards in 177 games, which I think might shock people. I think people might expect it to be more than that. Obviously, there was that horrible challenge yeah. he put in, in Barisic when we were playing him a couple of seasons ago. Um, they put in, but he's only had four, four red cards. Um, so I, the red card thing for me is maybe a bit of a red herring. But if he wears a Rangers top and he does what he does, he gets sent off. It's as simple as that. Yeah, that's um, a great yeah. point. That's a great point. Uh, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, I'm in Carney's camp. Yeah, I think he could possibly. I think we could possibly coach him. But could I trust him in a Rangers jersey? Imagine him in a Rangers Celtic big games. Could I trust him? Referees, no I think we'll target him. I don't think I could. Um, and we do need more of these guys in our team that are um, more aggressive guys. But he just oversteps the line for me. And I don't think he has learned Portis and. I'm in Carney's camp as well, so it's a no from me. So sorry, Craig Portis, we're moving on from you. <laughs> uh, and on to another rumour that has been doing the rounds, a guy that hasn't even checked in at Rangers this season, but he's one of Beal's favourite players, Glenn Kamara. Ryan, I know you like Kamara. Oh, Jim Sloan, there's in with a, a wee donation. Thanks very much, Jim. Much appreciated. Uh, Thank you, yeah, Jim. Glenn, Glenn Kamara, Ryan. He's been um, rumoured... Six million from Nantes plus other teams having a wee look at him. What would you do with Glenn Kamara in January? Say somebody come in and offered us between, I'll just say between six and eight million. Would you let him go? I know he's got a couple of years left in his contract, but for, for me, he's to say, I don't know if he wants to be here. Yeah, I know Michael Beale is here, but does he want to be here? I, as you know, I, I basically know for a fact he doesn't want to be here if his attitude or his. What he said in the summer is what I understand is that he was open to a transfer in the summer and it just didn't happen. So if he's still, that's still his attitude, then he can go. 
in terms of the money, six million. I'd be shocked if we got six million for him. I, I think that's great money for Glenn Kamara. I think Glenn Kamara is in the same camp as Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos, where their value has probably dropped significantly because of their time. Not well, Kent and Morelos out of form. Well, maybe not Morelos out of form, but he's not been playing for us really, has he? And when he has played, he's not looked the player that he once was. I think there's a player in Glenn Kamara. I think he's a fantastic footballer who could play at a very decent level because he's the type of player who just holds on to the ball. His game has ball retention. He's not a goal scorer, but I think he's a very clever footballer. So possibly you'll get a team paying over the odds for that that side of his game. I would let Glenn Kamara go. If he doesn't want to be here, he's been a great servant, great piece of business. And if we get him for, <coughs> if we sell him for six million pounds, I would a be shocked, but b I'd be delighted with that that kind of money because that's some crazy profit um, for a player that we bought for fifty grand. Yeah, Scotia, there's, there's been a bit of a kind of divide I've seen today in terms of the figure. People like Ryan are saying six million. I, I'd, I'd take that as good money for Glenn Kamara, but I've seen other people say, "Oh no, 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 he's, he's worth much more than six million pound." But I'm in Ryan's cap. You need to judge him the here and now and what 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 he's done now. We can't judge him when 18 months ago when he was in the prime of his career. So what's your, what, what sort of camp are you in with this one? Yeah, I'm with you. right here right now. Six million. Great. Take it. Just given his level of performance this season. But it's one of, I think where people are coming from is if he goes on and has a great second half of the season, his value will skyrocket again. Or not skyrocket, but you know, it'll go up into double digits. Quite easily, <laughs> a wee booster seat curry manager indeed. Yes, um, so uh, if he has a really good six end of, in six months to the end of the season, his value will go up into double digits. But it's a bit of a gamble there, Justin Muir. Justin, Justin God bless America. It's a pint for you, um, Morris Scotia. Yeah, but I think, like Ryan was mentioning there, I think we had a player lined up to come in, and it didn't go through because Kamara's deal. In the summer didn't go through. I think it was the last couple of days of the window. I think we had a Danish Danish boy lined up. It wasn't the Dutch player that Wilson had mentioned in the in the press conference or in the AGM. I think we all know that that was um, Javi Simmons who decided to go elsewhere. Um, but no, six million right now for Kamara. Yeah, take it. But we'd need to get we'd need to reinvest that six million into a midfielder, a number eight, please. Yeah. No. For come on, you, Kirkani. No, thanks very much, Justin. That's much appreciated. You're always either you or I'll chip <laughs> the two of you all the time. So we've got a Christmas, um, a Christmas day out tomorrow. So that'll be interesting. We're not we're not going to do a blog in that or vlog. Sorry, in that. Don't worry. Um, probably get no. a lot of views for that though, Kirkani. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll get you'll get on Scotia's OnlyFans though. Ah, you'll get Scotia's OnlyFans. Subscribe to that. Um, he's got a discount code, Club at 22, if you put that in, you get a discount. But no, Carney, um, Glenn Kamara, you in the same camp as us, six million, you would you would take that? Yeah, um, actually a few comments, people saying more, um, people saying they would take less. I, I think it's it's all relevant to where he is just now, um, form-wise. Um, I, I, the, from what I've seen so far this season, if we get six million on the table for him right now and Bill doesn't, he's not overly enthusiastic about keeping them, then 100% you you sell them. 100% you sell them. I, I, Jim, do you realise that that doesn't go to Justin? 
<laughs> but no, Jim, again, thank you so much, mate. That's amazing to do that again, mate. Thank you so much. Um, the Camara, no, six million, mate, right now. I'd, I'd buy your hand off for it, man. I really would. I would I'd sell them all day long for that. Um, it's something that can be well and truly reinvested back into the squad. Um, I think Camara's probably the, 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 He's probably the biggest player in the squad for me that I'm waiting to see what reaction he has to Bill coming back because he loved playing under Gerard and Bill, and that's ultimately when he was his best. And yeah, we probably could have got twelve million for him realistically when he was at his peak because he was incredible. He really was. He was in our team constantly. Even when you go back and look at the the pods that we were doing, we were talking about him and we were wanting him to. Um, we're always wanting him to play, but I very rarely have we picked him um, this season. So. Yeah, it's a, it would be it's still unbelievable business by the club though. When you look at it, it doesn't really matter what we get for Glenn Kamara. It could only be three million, but the profit in it is bonkers. It really is. So, but yeah, I mean, the six millions lying on the table and it's all cash up front. I would, I would be having a serious conversation with Kamara and saying, I think it's time for you to move on. Yeah. Yeah, I think most Rangers fans are probably in the same camp, to be honest, with, with Kamara. But aye, moving on, um, we have Rangers back tomorrow. Um, that's them, um, I think, four weeks we've not had them or something. It's been a nice four weeks, to be honest, <laughs> not having to see them. But we've got them back tomorrow. It's a friendly at Ibrox. It's a one o'clock kickoff, which is um, an early kickoff for everyone. Um, we're playing Bayer Leverkusen. How do you look at them, Leverkusen? They're sitting 12th in the Bundesliga. Played 15, won five, drawn three, lost seven. They've actually won the last four out of five games, Leverkusen, so they've hit a wee bit of form. Ugh, Ryan, a friendly. I've, friendlies don't really get me going, but we'll be there tomorrow. Um, not in our own seats, but we will be there tomorrow. Um, what's your thoughts about tomorrow? Are you actually interested in the game tomorrow, or is it other things? <laughs> I, th- I forgot we're playing tomorrow, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I might surprise you here. I'm actually quite interested to see how he sets up tomorrow. I think I, I think it there won't be much of a change, but I'm I would be I would be a, I'm on board the build train. Of course, I'm. He's a Rangers manager. I'm going to ask. Sorry, Ryan. I'm going to ask you for a quick. Yeah. Team as well and scrolling. You are oh, joking. Yeah. Where no, you go, man? <laughs> uh, you're, out, you're out of order. You know everything you've done this week. You've just threw it out the window. <laughs> you threw it out the window. But I, um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how he sets up. But I think it's. I want to see a bit of change. I want to see something that's going to make me think. I he can he can work with these players. He can do it. Make a difference with this current team. I want to see something that's going to get my kind of my spirits up a bit. Just seeing Michael Beale sitting there saying Rangers need to be better, we need to be attacking, we need to be faster, isn't enough for me at the moment. And that's not a criticism of Michael Beale, it's just talk sheep. If that's if that's fair to say, I want to see it on the park. And I'm not saying if I don't see it tomorrow, it's not going to happen. I'm just looking forward to seeing something a wee bit different. I, I, I want to see tweaks and I don't want to see shoehorn football tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing um, who's going to play. Looking forward to seeing who's going to play at left-back. That'll be interesting. Um, in terms of my team, Ali, can you come oh, back to me? Oh, 
I'll play Portis. Portis will play centre half. To be fair, I think the team that you'll play for the first half, I would think, won't be too far away from what you'll play against Hibs. I would think. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. But Scotia tomorrow, back at Ibrooks, Leverkusen. Take it you're looking forward to. It. The return of, I'd say, Matondo will probably be playing as well. That's my favourite one for tomorrow. <laughs> see if he'll get a tune out, Matondo. Uh, no, looking forward to it. I'm always looking forward to going to watch football at, at Ibrox. So, yeah, happy to be back. Um, although, to be honest, I was like, before the game, I, I don't think I'll be paying much attention to the football, if I'm being honest. It's it's just to get minutes back in the leg. But like Ryan, it'll be interesting to see who he goes for at left-back. I've seen a few folk in the comments. Speaking about Sands potentially being at left back, but I don't know if Yefeko maybe comes in from the from the youth team there because I know he was up training with the he's been training with the first team over the last few weeks and be having a look at him and he's obviously naturally a left back which with Borna getting through as I mentioned at the top of the show that he won't be there and um, so it should be good I mean Leverkusen I don't really know what to expect they've got seven players that have been away at the World Cup um, we've got that wee boy Florian Vritz who I think he was, he was pretty young when we played them last, but I think he's he's really come on, grown and come on again. I think he's a good wee attacking midfielder. Um, but they're a different different team than when we faced them a couple of seasons. What twenty twenty we faced them? It was the COVID season actually wasn't it? That was the last game before COVID shut everything down. That three one defeat and then obviously that one 0 behind closed doors and whatever it was in the continent. Um, so I looking forward to it as much as you can for a friendly. Um, and we'll see what the day brings. Yes, well, indeed, Scotia. It's not going to be a long day tomorrow, but um, Carney tomorrow back at Ibrooks. Um, aye, what's your thoughts about tomorrow? Well, a game that I wasn't planning on going to, mate, and you've you've pulled one at the bag, mate. So, um, uh, I am really looking forward to tomorrow. Um, potentially, uh, a, a club reaction video from somewhere rather special tomorrow, somewhere none of us have been within Ibrooks, so uh, potentially. Um, but yes, um, look, it's a friendly, it is what it is. Um, it is more about the day for us, I think, tomorrow, um, but it's also going to be good to see how he approaches things and what changes that he's already made. He, he said that he's went in and pretty much stamped his his style, his ideas down immediately. The players are responding well. So, And I'm also interested to see who is actually back because we've got told at the AGM as well that there's players returning to the squad almost daily. So if there is, then who? And who is it going to be? Um, I'm interested to see that. Uh, I don't I don't think there's, there's no been. There's no, there's, has there been a press conference or anything like that? No, there won't have been. Is there Jordan Rosser? Can Ro- Jordan Rosser play left uh, back? Honestly, He's seven to ten days away, right? Is he not? Where is he now? Is he not retired? Or did he not retire or something like that? No, did I, he's, he's, that only 20, he's only twenty-two or something. Like that, I think. Aye, but he's he's injured. He's as injured as Kamar Roof. He's opening cafes with Kamar Roof down in Dumbarton. That's what he's doing. Aye, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he's doing. Um, but I think it would be interesting. Bristol Rovers. He's at Bristol Rovers. I think he. I think we might see the likes of McCann and Lowry as well tomorrow at points. Um, which everybody always likes to see. I would like to see um, Lowry tomorrow. But I am probably more interested to see who is actually returned to the squad. If we've been told all this, I mean, a friendly is to get minutes and legs. People, players need game time, etc. So this is the game to, to surely see who is who is actually back. Is Yelmaz definitely not back? Definitely not? I don't think, I don't think so. 
No, he's so, been no talk right. of him, so I don't think he is, mate. <clears throat> so that's what I mean. But we've just been told that players are returning to the squad. We don't know exactly what players. I suppose Might lack be. of communication doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> exactly. Be, don't be, don't be surprised to see yet. The crowd, Trolax and Kings that'll be back. You know, those will be the players yeah. returning that I think they're on about. It won't be Holanda. It won't be Kamal Roof. Um, I think I bet Kamal you Roof might be. Is, is he? Oh, so yeah, right. so he's, yeah, he's training. We'll see him for 10 minutes. Not be so him. he's ga- guaranteed to get injured tomorrow, yep, and be out for the rest yep. of the season. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to getting back. I say it's almost back to the real deal. Um, it's almost back to the real deal. But um, yeah, bring it on tomorrow. I, I thoroughly need um, tomorrow. So I am really looking forward to it. Yes, don't worry. You will. I'm sure we will enjoy tomorrow and um, after the game as well. So, <laughs> actually, if you've got a fear for Sunday, that'll be a that'll be <laughs> already. Sunday, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get like oh, three day God. hangovers now, so I've got the fear for Sunday. No. But I'll be worth it all. But no, that's been everything. So, um, yeah, thanks to everyone in the comments. Thanks to my four guests. Um, in fact. I'll go with you, Scotia, first. Um, thank you much for coming on, and I will see you tomorrow outside Ibrox. Hi, uh, cheers. I hope you all have a have a good Christmas day out tomorrow. Um, but if, yeah, if you are hungover, Ali, you can just sit on the couch and watch that um, Scottish Women's Cup final on Sky. And then just play. Can't wait. Big Thanks, question right. for you tomorrow, Scotia. Is the hair down or is it up tomorrow? I'll be up. Okay. Oh, he's serious. Serious tomorrow. That is serious stuff. Lock your daughters away. Um, <laughs> and uh, Ryan, I will see you tomorrow at my flat round about nine o'clock or something. It's an early early rise tomorrow for you. Yes, I'll be over early doors, mate. Really looking forward to it. And if Scotia keeps that hair up, then we will not be sharing your couch tomorrow evening. I don't know where that was going then, actually. You know that. You know that. I was like, oh, is that good? Yeah. And last but not least, um, Scott Carney. Um, again, yes, I will see you tomorrow early doors. Early doors, mate, tomorrow. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, really looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Something we've never done before. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to it. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the comments as well. As always, it's brilliant to have your opinions on things. And before you go, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, etc. Thank you, everybody. Ali, back to you. <laughs> Yes, no, thanks to everyone in the comments tonight. Um, everything Scott said there, if you can like and share, where we're getting, obviously, we're getting quite close to 4,000 subscribers now. So um, tomorrow, like we say, it is the Club at 22 Christmas Day Out. It's not a night out, it's a day out because it's starting from 10 o'clock tomorrow. So um, if you see us anywhere tomorrow, iBooks or town, come and say hello or maybe don't come and say hello because... <laughs> Probably don't. I don't know what state we'll be in, but um, yeah, tomorrow we may bring a match reaction from iBooks and as Carney suggested, somewhere special with an iBooks, hopefully, depending on the Wi-Fi. Um, but yes, we have been Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, and we will see you tomorrow, hopefully. Goodbye. <laughs>